everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. And a reminder, the one we always give, it's not a spoiler-free podcast, okay? Might be a surprise to you, but it's not spoiler-free. You could hear some spoilers in this podcast. I am Melissa, and I'm here with my exhausted co-host, Fish. Fish, how exhausted are you today? I'm pretty exhausted. Um, Yeah. Normally when I um, ramble, that's having like five hours of sleep. And this is zero. Zero hours of sleep. There may be much rambling. Well... And we're either going to, this is either going to be our best podcast ever, or maybe a disaster, and you be the judge, okay? You all can be the judge, and you can write to us about it. Well, what are we talking about today? So this one is going to be season four, episode three. It's called Your Money or Your Wife. This one originally aired October 24th, 2001. It was directed by Lawrence Trilling, a name that we have come to really enjoy in the director's chair um, and written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. Those names are going to be pretty familiar to a lot of people who watch TV. They've gone on to do a lot of, a lot of big shows. So the episode description here is Sean, who's stressed out by money related woes, ruins the dinner Megan planned for the two of them and their parent uh for the two of them and their parents by feuding with his father also felicity tells javier about noel who's considering moving out of the loft and attempts to patch things up with ben who is concerned about his chances of completing medical school okay that that does kind of go around the horn there so uh let's see fish feels like we need to start in order like we've been doing lately. Um, I don't know. It feels like there was a lot of stuff happening in this episode. It feels like they really threw a lot in. I don't know if you had that feeling as well, but it it just felt like there were a lot of different stories they were trying to open. Yeah. I mean, maybe not as much as the last episode, Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, lots of stuff going on. And just want to point out, I did actually get both references. Uh, the Natalie money and the Megan's parents being pissed. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah. And didn't I don't know. I mean, you might even throw in oh. Felicity. I mean, I don't know. That was maybe more of a last, like a first episode issue, but. I don't know. I feel like she's Yeah, still... but the title of like your money or your wife. Yeah. Like seems pretty tied to being married. It does. Yeah, it definitely does. Um I'm curious how those things actually landed for you, but we'll get we'll get to those as we go through. The Natalie the Natalie reveal was just so clunky. Um <laughs> Yeah, but you could see where they were going with it you know yeah I mean, it's like it they were holding on to it for so long they just never told you they were holding on to it. like i told you that they were holding on to it for years <laughs> yeah. but like i don't know if i hadn't said that to you 
if there really were a whole lot of teasers about that, except for the one time where they're like, where's Natalie? She's at Oktoberfest. Okay. Yeah, I probably would have been very confused and saying, wait, they're still married? I thought they got divorced. Because remember when they got divorced? Yeah. And then all of a sudden <laughs> they were still married? Um, yeah. Just saying. All right. Like that, I see like, how that led you astray. <laughs> right. You know? It's almost weird how that might have done that to an audience member. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. I, 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 you know, didn't want to bury that lead if that is indeed yeah. a lead to bury. But let's go to the beginning where we start at the loft and Sean is on the phone. I don't know. Is he trying to order a wedding ring over the phone? Yeah, I think that's what's happening. And I I very much enjoyed this sort of almost haggling over the ring. And he's like on the phone and he keeps saying, let's go down half a carrot. Let's go down half a carrot. And then we actually get to to see the computer image. (laughs) And it's like this big ring. And then it goes like to this tiny little ring. And he's like, oh, no. Um, Yeah. So that was pretty, I enjoyed that, that graphic image. It was fantastic. I think they really made overtures in this episode to draw a parallel between Sean and his dad. Uh, yeah. They, they hit us over the head with it. A little bit. As, as much as they could, right? And to open the episode with this, I think really sets the tone for how hypocritical Sean is going to be later. Um, yes. It's a lot. But Megan's going to walk in not having experienced this whole haggling over a ring process or even knowing that a ring is coming. She is uh, going to lay down the information that her parents are kind of mad about the marriage because like it happened and they didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. It happened at somebody else's wedding. Uh (laughs) It seems like they would want to come you know like literally the wedding pictures are going to involve almost nobody they know (laughs) i mean it's mostly going to be like tracy and elena's families yeah i don't know why they stuck around but they were in the seats that's the thing right i mean when they showed the dancing at the wedding there were quite a lot of people still there so people were just like hey we're here yeah we can celebrate hey, something free cake congrats though, strangers yeah wow uh, whatever yeah it's so wild i i just now was starting to think about the wedding photos you know like yeah maybe they just asked i the not funny answer would be they just took pictures with the people they actually knew the half a dozen people there that they were aware of but the funnier answer is if they actually, for posterity, took pictures with Elena's family. I mean, I'm assuming there was a disposable camera vending machine. Oh. And so, you know, you hand everyone a disposable camera um, and you get all the like weird pictures back. This was a thing before phones. Um, yeah, you just put them on the table and then you collect them at the end of the night and you don't know what you're going to get, but, uh, I feel like it's like a double mystery because even if you took the photo, you didn't know what you were going to get. 
And then if you didn't take the photo, you double didn't know what you were going to get. Also, we didn't see a photographer there. Yeah. Did I miss him? Or uh, I don't know, but I would imagine that somebody would have been doing that job. They just yeah, didn't they maybe budget for there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, all of this is just fun to think about. Well, so Megan is saying her parents are a little frustrated that they uh, that she's now married and mm-hmm. they were caught off guard by it. And she uh, she says that her parents want to have a dinner with them, she says, tomorrow. And I think in that conversation, she says that her parents want to have dinner with them and and his parents. Yeah, they want to have okay. like a big family dinner. Okay. So. All right. So there's that. There's a plan happening that uh, is very quickly not going to feel very good to Sean, but I don't think he elaborates on that just yet. So first, we're going to get to some Ben and Felicity stuff. So Ben is going to knock on Felicity's door. I actually, I love this moment from Scott Speedman. He just, he knocks on her door. She opens it and she's just so sad. She's just so like whispery sad can't look at him yeah she's sad and he's sad and his hair has grown out a bit it's grown out a little bit and he looks at her and he just starts shaking his head shaking his head yeah. now it's he's so just like i don't yeah he's like i don't understand what's happening here this this is just stupid like why, what are we doing yeah why do we both hurt like this for no reason what's what's going on explain come on now felicity will not explain um ben kind of gives her an opening by saying let's just start the year over oh ben no 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 there is stuff that you will want to know that i assume comes out at some point um and felicity's just like grabbing onto it she's like yes let's do that nothing ever happened let's hug and just be together again she says she really? doesn't want to be broken up and it's like uh, uh she was the one who broke up with him yeah it's so confusing if you're in his shoes he's like great neither do i i don't know why we did it begin with and he hugs her and they're back together and he's feeling good about it mm-hmm. and he clearly seems like he's feeling good about it in a lot you know most of this episode but uh what a what a way to gloss over the reason you feel guilty to begin with i don't know it's just i mean he doesn't have anything to feel guilty about and he doesn't he's he's pretty distracted so and felicity's being very supportive yeah so it's like all right it's kind of like she's trying to hit the reset button and be a better version of herself as per the credits except she missed the part of actually coming clean yeah and Correct. so it's just this giant lie which you know i feel like of all the themes so far in all the seasons it's just everybody lies to everybody about everything which makes me wonder just a little bit how you don't have more of a problem with this entire series. I mean, everybody lies all the freaking time. Yeah. Like, all the time. I guess sometimes I, uh, 
and maybe I'm thinking more of season one when I say this, sometimes I kind of understood the lies. Like, not that I appreciate, not that I want lying, you know, like I feel like there's a lot of ways to tell partial truths. Even there, there's a lot of ways to tell a version of the truth that isn't a lie. So I often don't understand the need for a lie. Um, I feel like it's just a lie of omission, right? Yeah, it is. It it is, except for all the ways that she does try to cover things up when she's, you know, like the whole, like everything around really the first episode, well, first going into the second episode when it actually, when they actually slept together, um, Mm -hmm. there, there was, you know, obviously a lot of like backtracking and trying to fix that and everything with Richard um now it is a lie of omission but i think i don't know to go through a whole breakup i just i don't know i don't know and noel's whole position now has to be lying but again it's it's lie of omission yeah you know and it's a really big one it's a really big one yeah i don't know well, we're going to see, and, we're going to see more from Ben and Felicity here. Um, yeah. And the thing is, we know Felicity. She can't keep her mouth shut. She's already told, like, she knows. Noel knows. That's already one person too many. And now she's going to tell Javier. Yeah. So, hmm. So after the credits, they move to Dean and DeLuca. And you've this got... This was kind of interesting, though, like technique-wise, because for a moment just before they go to Dean and DeLuca, they're going to show us a scene with Felicity's voiceover as she's talking to Javier at Dean and DeLuca. Yes. Yeah. So this scene... It was a little weird. It was a little weird, right? I don't know if they do this a lot, because we're going to very quickly move into the scene at Dean and DeLuca. But first, while she's talking, they show us Ben is studying he sighs it's obviously not going great they're trying to set up for that felicity looks at him from the bathroom i want to say um and she's just kind of staring at him you know it's just sort of like a not the creepy stare from her by his bed freshman year um (laughs) just sort of like a what do i do kind of stare like a lost in thought while looking at him kind of stare and then we're going to hear that she's talking to Javier. Yeah, and I love Javier's face here. He's just, he's got this really disgusted face. <laughs> and as she's talking about uh, cheating, she's like, you know, if you had cheated on Samuel, like, would you still be able to be in a relationship with him? And to me, it seemed like Javier was thinking, wait, is this about me and Samuel? This is this backfired just as much as the what if you hypothetically saw me kissing a hypothetical guy (laughs) conversation she had with Noel. She should know these things don't work out well. Just get to the point. No. And she does. She's like, you know, Javier's like, wait, wait, wait. Do you have more information potentially about my relationship? Um, Although he doesn't say that second part. She's like, no, I cheated with Noel. And then at that point, just as she was saying that, I noticed Christopher Gorham, his name came up in the credits. And I was like, yay, because I love him as an actor. I, I 
understand that your opinion of him in this show may not be great. So I'm like trying to key into that. And I already have some like initial thoughts, but just like as an actor for the things that I have seen him in, I really, really like him. I think that they have, I'll, I'll be curious when, when we actually get to some Christopher Gorham scenes, who's also known as Trevor in this show. Um, I'll be very curious to take your temperature on where they started him, because honestly, where they started him is like the stuff you need to know about him. Um, interesting. Like they, they're not really going to develop his character very much, but they're going to make him kind of important, but with basically just this information. Um, so where you start is sort of it's relevant um Hmm. but so i was surprised how much it seemed like they were very sure of what they were trying to do with his character from the very like first episode where they introduced him and they definitely give you a strong opinion of who trevor is yeah they they lay it out there and they kind of stay consistent with that over time so well, we'll get to him. I, I want to unpack your thoughts on that. But for now, you know, Felicity's telling Javier about this secret. Um, and Javier, uh, uh, the, the pressure of the secret is really going to wear wear Javier down here. <laughs> um, he may not be the person you should be like, keep this confidence for me. Um this and that'll that'll have some comedic moments as we go through but first we're gonna get i mean it it creates many 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 malapropisms like way more than in a normal episode with him in it almost everything that comes out of his mouth is not correct yeah they're really leaning into that is it more than they used to uh yeah or is it just because they give him more stuff the, no, they went way overboard. Okay. I mean, it was like every, it, it was like, even in, he said like two sentences and there were like three or four things wrong. Yeah. Okay. In the two sentences. Um, well, they're, they're really leaning in flustered. to his character too, I guess. Yeah. Um, he's, he's flustered and he doesn't, doesn't know what to say. Yeah. But I liked this transition here because we go from Felicity saying to Javier, I just want things to go back to normal mm-hmm. to a scene with Ben and Felicity where it's clearly not normal because Ben has changed. He is sitting there and he is studying Oakham and he is asking her questions about ketone synthesis. Ketone synthesis. Yes. See, you wrote all these other notes. I wrote yeah. ketone synthesis. And between the two of us. I mean, that's why. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just so obvious that things are not normal. Yeah. And Felicity's like, well, I don't know. Like, I stopped pre-med. How about you ask yeah. Elena? <laughs> um, Ben's like, hard pass. Um, no. Yeah. I am intrigued, I will say, what intrigued me about this episode more so than almost any other thing in this episode was probably the budding relationship between Ben and Elena. Um, I mean... When I say relationship, I don't mean more than friends, but I mean, but before they weren't really anything. We didn't really have, I don't feel like we've had a lot of Ben-Elena stuff. 
No, because I don't, I don't see the two of them having a lot in common. Yeah, right. And like now, they do. They do is the funny thing, right? Season one, Elena was so intense, yeah, and Ben was so playing around, and now they're. I would say Elena's off her game and she's she's softened partly because of Tracy, the relationship with Tracy and partly because of the breakup with Tracy. Mm-hmm. And Ben's a lot more intense. And mm-hmm. somehow it feels like they're on the same page now. Um, and so I do think it's this really interesting opportunity for this show to explore what their dynamic can look like. And they're, they do set up for that a bit here. Um, but I think just this idea of like, Felicity being like, you know who would be great for that question <laughs> of the people we know? That's going to be Lena. And it's so not on his radar until she says it. But he's, I don't know, maybe well, feeling I, still a little. Yeah, I think he's well aware of Elena's, like the fact that she's very good at everything and she's intense and he doesn't want to feel stupid it's like a bit of imposter syndrome flaring up here i think when elena's name is mentioned well and it's also elena's personality right she Mm -hmm. can be really harsh yeah so i can understand ben saying if i could find anyone that isn't elena because felicity is there saying you're not stupid and she's being really supportive she's being the good supportive girlfriend um and that's what he wants and elena is not going to be that person yeah i i do think that this part of ben's journey is pretty cool because he's you know even even from the end of last season where he started saying things like don't laugh. I'm thinking about doing an EMT program, you know, like, and then he comes back almost first thing we see in this season is him saying, you can't laugh. I want to be a doctor. And he's just getting this practice. Like I think inside he has this, this real struggle with feeling like he can hack it um, in the thing that he wants to do. But now he's getting more and more practice articulating it. And he's sort of drawing more people into this world with him where it's not just batting around in his own brain all the time for him to be like, oh, I can't do it. He's starting to get more and more people who know this journey that he's on. And um, it's almost picking up momentum. I feel like it's more internally driven for him. Mm-hmm. Um I guess he likes Felicity to be supportive and he probably wouldn't really react well to Elena's style if, you know, she was normal Elena. Um, But I don't know. I I feel like it's coming from a place where he's getting more and more confident in himself. Yeah. And that's why it's gaining momentum. to me, he doesn't seem like someone who needs a ton of external validation, mm-hmm. but he, because he just won't deal with the people that he doesn't want to deal with. Right. You know what it intrigues me when I think about it now, and we didn't really talk about this in the episode when it happened, but in season four, episode one, the very first episode of the season, the declaration, Ben has a conversation with Felicity's dad about him going pre-med. Mm-hmm. And I wonder 
I wonder what space that occupied in his brain because he, he like Ben does not really have a relationship with his own dad and to be talking to Felicity's dad about it, to be getting validation from Felicity's dad, because Felicity's dad wanted nothing more than to stick it to Felicity by you know, being like, oh, your boyfriend's doing pre-med now? Hey, let's get a clipping of that. Um, but he was interested in Ben's journey in a way that, you know, adults in Ben's life don't seem to pay much attention to Ben. So I I feel like that probably weighed a little bit more on him than than we saw in the episode and that we talked about when we were when we were talking about it. Well, that would make sense. Um he's certainly not getting it from his professors or mm-hmm. his guidance, guidance counselor. counselor. <laughs> yeah. It's an uphill battle with almost everybody in his world, but he's battling. Yeah. Yeah. So Felicity is going to invite Ben to the movie Say Anything, which is going to be showing all week. She gave me she gave me her heart. (laughs) I gave her my heart and she gave me a pen. She gave me a pen. Oh, John Cusack, we love you. Yeah. You are a national treasure. Yeah. Um, guys, if you haven't seen Say Anything at this point, go see it (laughs) today. All right. It's not hard. Go find it. Find a place to watch it. Ioni Sky, John Cusack. <laughs> All right. Just make it happen. Yeah. And and who is he? The father from Frasier, too. What's his what's his name? John Mahoney. Yeah, him. <laughs> okay. It's I mean solid I can't gold. Recommend it. I mean, more highly than saying it has a, a cast member from Frasier in it. And when you watch it, or if you've already watched it, just know that I have a pair of novelty socks, knee-high novelty <laughs> socks, purple socks with panda bears repeating all over them, panda bears holding a boombox over their head. <laughs> and the socks are called Panda Anything. Oh. Come on! <laughs> yeah. All right? Just know that that exists. All right, if that just adds a layer. I mean, I feel like there needs to be a post now. There probably does. I can make that yeah, happen. That yeah. needs to happen. Yeah. And anything. Awesome. Uh, look it up. Sock it to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the brand. So, um, then I think we get to like just, I don't know. This line just like stabbed me in the heart. Oh. Um, so we go from Ben and Felicity, where Felicity is being very supportive, and then she's talking to Javier again, and she says the hardest part is kissing him, and we've just seen her kissing him, yeah. and it's just like, oh, I mean ouch like there just isn't a normal anymore but ben seems so happy at the end of the scene and she's can't stop thinking about all the mm. bad stuff and i don't know there's a there's a definite tension here um something's got to give 
And Javier knows exactly how she feels. It's like being stuck in a Caribbean rhomboid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the amount of words they use <laughs> to describe this is actually... <laughs> I missed the Caribbean rhomboid part. I just missed what... as I just got like the part where he was trying to describe the location mm-hmm. in a lot of detail. It was like... It's a triangle or a rhomboid in like Bermuda or the Caribbean islands. Yeah, Caribbean <laughs> rhomboid. I like it. Good job, um, Javier. Yeah, yeah. That's a way to how, how do you say Bermuda Triangle without saying Bermuda Triangle? That's it. Caribbean rhomboid. That's it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> also, amazing name for a band. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Somebody Isn't make it, it happen. Maybe you and I should start a band. We don't have to play any music. No, I was going to say, I can't sing, nor do I have any musical talents. No instruments, no singing. Kazoos? <laughs> Nothing. Can you imagine? I mean, Guys, the listeners. with a kazoo, you still have to be on tune. Sure, sure. But it's hard. But you know, that's why we practice. Listeners. <laughs> You can't have Caribbean rhomboid with two kazoo players only. We need two more. Well, personally, <laughs> look, if we were going to do this for real, I would pick up the Calypso drums because I feel like that would be necessary. I okay. I would kind of like it to be like half death metal, half reggae with Calypso. Okay, what if, how about this? Altering the vision. Listeners, mm-hmm. we need two kazoo players. Fish is going to play calypso drums, <laughs> and I'm going to sing, but I'm mostly going to make kazoo sounds. Yes. So when I open my mouth, I'll be like, burr, 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 burr. yes, <laughs> the kazooless kazoo. Yeah, person. and I'll say I'm on vocals. Uh huh. And I'll be the lead singer, except I'll sound exactly like the other kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think we're on to something. All right. Two more. We have space for two more. I, I'm i going to need at least one metal song to come out of this. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Like a Bob Marley meets Judas Priest kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Like a kill it in the name of. Okay, we have taken. I am so loving the fact that I'm the one who has had no sleep in like two days, but you're the one doing Rage Against the Machine, the kazoo version. <laughs> Because you only get this magic on Felicity Optimus versus Cynic. Okay, that's all we're saying. <laughs> okay, those of you, well, let, let's wrap this piece up. If you want to join this band, Caribbean Rhomboid, write to us at the Melissafish at gmail.com. We're never going to practice. We're never going to meet. We're never going to perform. Okay, time commitment is very little. <laughs> we will. We will take the name and um, it'll be ours. We are fans. Um, wow. Fish, this is some of our best work. 
<laughs> you know who's Far not enough. doing good work? Oh, who? Sean. Because well he has no job and no money to pay for his rent-controlled giant loft. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, this is an emergency. Yeah. I mean, Why wasn't this an happening. emergency last episode? <laughs> I know. It's like everything's happening at once. I mean, he just had a whole free wedding. Free wedding. Yeah, this feels like, I'm trying to remember what the, uh, there, there was something else I complained about like this, where it was like, would it have been so hard to tease it, like with a sentence in the episode prior? And I yes. feel like I was complaining there about was something no else like There was no room. That. There was I know. zero room in but, the last episode. But I do feel anything. like there was room in the first episode. Because Maybe. just at the same time that Felicity is having financial trouble, I think that's a great time to make it a theme and say, so is Sean. And you don't have to make a whole to-do about it. Um, you just need a line or two to start planting the seeds of something like this. Because all of a sudden, all of his furniture is being repossessed and he's going to be evicted. Mm -hmm. Just what the heck? I mean... They, I mean, look, Sharon from the co-op board has not been getting checks since July. Since July. What month is it now? Well, so this episode aired October 24th. So are we meant, but yeah, I think it's probably, let's yeah, say that's... it's September, October, right? Yeah. Because school started up again. <sighs> October. So it's sense. been a few, been a few months. And um, she, maybe rightly so, would like him to pay. Yeah. Dear writers, please go back and insert a line about this into the declaration, episode one, and then I will be happy. Um, I will be happy under no other circumstances. So make it happen. <laughs> um, Megan is going to come in because she obviously didn't hear any of that conversation. She's going to come in. She's going to confirm dinner. And then we're going to see Sean start to articulate his concerns, which are big and broad and extreme in his head. He's like, no, well, they seem pretty specific. Mm -hmm. It's it, it's pretty focused in on his dad. Yeah, he doesn't really say much about his mom, but he's like, my dad is going to embarrass me. Yes, he's going to embarrass all of us. Everyone. Mm hmm. And maybe you can help me out with this. I did not take the best notes. So I've got a note here about how Sharon hasn't gotten the checks. And I've mm -hmm. got the note about the father being an embarrassment. And then Megan, all I wrote down was, I'm wearing pants. You know what? Did she say that? <laughs> I... I do not have notes to that effect uh, from my notes. So hmm. she was very likely wearing pants yeah. in right. that scene and planned to wear pants for the dinner. Maybe. I don't know. Um, um, okay. Sometimes our notes are like that and it's not jogging anything for me. So, nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, Felicity is going to be at the financial aid office where she's talking to the guy who's giving her information about her $75 loan. What is the actual point? Yeah. I mean, at that point, it, it's just a slap in the face. Just yeah. say no. She applied too late. This is the money that's left in the pool. 
75 bucks. And you have but, to pay it back with interest. <laughs> I mean, there's so not going to be much interest. Um, <laughs> no. But it's out of $8,000. Uh, so it's she's got $75 towards the 8000 Except he is going to help her out by giving her a book about scholarships. And only because she asked desperately. She's like, oh, yes, this was a big deal. I declared independence financially from my parents. I have to make this thing work. What can we do? He's like, ah, let me give you this book. No, but not give. It's $35, ma'am. Unfortunately, the book is roughly half (laughs) of what she has been given as her scholarship. As her loan, yeah. Yeah. Um, But hey, you know. The scholarship guide is is a powerful tool. Okay, Fish? Yeah. I mean, I remember those those big, big books. Um, yeah, I remember them too. I did. I got two. So, you, you know? got two scholarships? Yes. I applied for a lot of stuff, and I'm trying to remember. I feel like, I feel like I got like an Italian-American scholarship. Hmm. I mean, look, some of them are very, very specific. I got one that was for hunting. Oh. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Um, that was one of the two. Let me tell you. Wow. You, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can get scholarships for, for various things. Uh, weirdly enough, did not... I mean, the, the actual, I mean, I, I did hunt and, you know, I mean, I shot guns and stuff and, um, but you didn't do any of that, like as part of your curriculum at school. No. Right. I mean, interesting, but I guess being Italian American, I wasn't like mandated to do. You were Italian American at school. That's very Um, true. (laughs) But the weird part was. The, the actual application process didn't involve shooting any guns. Yeah. It was an essay. It should have just been a target. Yeah. That's and if you get a hole thinking. in the middle, you put your and name on you it and you're eligible for consideration. Right. Yeah. There you go. See? <laughs> Guys, I mean... this is like the best podcast we've ever done. We're coming <laughs> up with so many good ideas. I mean, it's not a beauty pageant, but it's weirder. Um, uh, So, okay, let's go back to Dean and DeLuca because they're Javier and Felicity are looking at this scholarship book and Javier's like in the Miss Sunrise surprise pageant. Mm -hmm. Felicity's liking the actual scholarship, (laughs) the Liz Weinstein scholarship for young women in art, which sounds like a good thing for her to be interested in makes a lot of sense. It does not surprise me that later on Javier says the beauty pageants are like the largest way that women get funded. Might be true. I don't know. I believe it. I fully There's a lot of pageants. It. Yeah. It's, yep. it's probably got to be something to that. And I've got news for you, Fish. We're going to see a pageant in this show. I had no doubt. Yeah. There were certain things here that they really telegraphed. Yeah. Um, that was one of them. 
and a little bit later in this scene they telegraph another thing well javier is about to say guess what i have an audition coming up for a part in don quixote yeah in fact it's it's don quixote he He's yeah, he wants to, to be the, the main role. Yeah. yeah. But he's going to tell a story, a somewhat traumatic story for him about a bad audition he had for Greece, where he basically got like three words out. And then the director was like, nope. Thanks for coming. Next. I mean, he came to this country to be an actor, which I find weird that he has known Felicity this well for like three plus years. Never mentioned it. I know. But all right. This is the stuff that drives me bananas. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that. Oh, because you know the other thing that did that to me? It was when all of a sudden Javier wanted to be a father yeah Mm -hmm. desperately like he and samuel so desperately want to be parents and they're like deep into the process of research and they're asking felicity to carry their baby or to at least uh you know donate the eggs for their baby and um and they never mentioned it before and they've never mentioned it after Mm -hmm. and it was just like Let's make it a story for this episode and this episode only. <laughs> and look how much they do that. You know, it just drives me nuts. It, if you were planning out a season, why can't you know some of this stuff is going to be major story? Like, is it that much of a mystery when you start breaking story across the season and then you assign the episode to writers? If you know that an episode from now they're going to be doing this huge story. Why can't you drop a line or two in, you know, like along the way? Um, Maybe you don't, you know, maybe they did not know until somebody found a giant feather in a, like a suit of armor that this is what they wanted to happen. Now, I will say that unlike this, unlike the plot around the non-existent plot arc around Javier wanting to be a dad, he we will see more around him wanting to be an actor in this season. So although it comes out of absolutely nowhere for this episode, I guess you could say that this episode is the teaser for other stuff that's coming up for him. Yeah, what did he go back to school for? wasn't acting right i don't think that it was but did he actually say i don't know he made a whole point around wanting to have a good like report card or transcript to show his mom yes but i don't know if he said that he was specifically trying to major in something yeah. um as much as just like have the transcript and uh and graduate i guess i mean that's what kinkos is for yeah yeah well, Noel's going to show up at Dean and DeLuca, and he is there to meet, surprise, Natalie's lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, this is the first time we would have heard about this in a long, long time. And I wrote down, is he going to pay for Felicity's school? Question mark, question mark. 
turns out there are quite a lot of different things he could pay for here. Uh, that yeah. would be a great, a great um, a calming factor for his friends. But the, in this scene, we just need to have the tension of Javier seeing Noel for the first time. So Noel's trying to get things done. He's trying to find where Natalie's lawyer is, but Javier is just like stunned. He's yeah. He's, deer in headlights. Yeah. Deer in headlights. Don't is a good speak way to put it. Mm-hmm. or you will ruin it. His lips are like two glue sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, Javier is basically holding his breath <laughs> visibly until Noel leaves and goes to find Natalie's lawyer sitting at a table. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, I actually really enjoy this next bit that he says to Felicity where it was like, that was awkward, wasn't it? She's like, yeah, it was a little awkward. And she, <laughs> Javier goes, he was weird. Yeah. <laughs> that might be my favorite Javier moment from the episode, possibly. Yeah. 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 And, and he wasn't. No, it was, not, was weird. not weird. Not Javier all. was weird. Yeah. Javier was very weird. That's the twist. <laughs> so let's go check out Ben at Ochem. The Ochem professor is I I think I think probably what he's saying up front is true of like every Ochem professor everywhere. But he says yeah. 40% of students fail out of this class or drop it. I'm guessing that's not a statistic exclusive to this professor. I think it's probably higher in a lot of places. Seems like it, right? I think OCHEM is like the class that makes or not makes you, but could break you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You either stay on track or it's all over when you hit OCHEM. 100%. And since Ben has zero of the prereqs. I don't um, know how he would be taking it first thing out of the gate when he declares his major yeah that's not a thing what like in our school didn't people take that like sophomore year maybe junior year i mean it's a course i mean you have to have a certain level of math you have to have uh you know prereq in chemistry um it's i mean i didn't take it because definitely didn't want to be a doctor but yeah. my understanding was, you know, it's a lot of those equations that you do in like intro to chemistry in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not easy. So, yeah. but yeah. on the plus <laughs> side, we get to see Christopher Gorham. We do. We're going to get introduced to Trevor. Trevor. Mm-hmm. They're sitting mm-hmm. next to each other. And then Trevor's like, lab partners? Yeah, which is a really bad idea because neither of you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Go pick somebody that knows what they're doing and and learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Ben is going to be the strong one of this pair. Yeah, you think? <laughs> um, I mean, Trevor is like class clown. Yeah. I mean, the first thing out of his mouth is like, let's be lab partners because I don't think I could stand anyone else in this class. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, really? Judgy? And the much? thing is, Ben from freshman year 
maybe been from sophomore year. This is a great fit. Mm-hmm. Old man Ben, <laughs> not a great fit. No, <laughs> like this guy he actually is really needs to get some way. stuff done, and yeah. he has a lot on his plate. And he could probably use somebody who's going to help him, mm-hmm. not somebody who's going to be like in every scene trying to steal mugs or like beakers from the lab so he can go drink. Yeah, I mean, I'm, Trevor does not seem to be taking this seriously. He doesn't. And, um, you know, at least he's going to get a bit of a free ride since Ben knows Elena. But in this scene, all we're getting is the intro. And, you know, I think you made some astute observations that he's just like, how about you? Because I'm sitting next to you and I hate everybody else. Um, You seem like fun. (laughs) Right. That's not what you want in an OCHEM lab partner. No, probably not. No. You drinking buddy? Great. OCHEM lab partner? No. Yeah. Well, let's head back over to Dean and DeLuca where Noel is now about to get 50K because he was successfully married to Natalie for a year. And I, I used the term successfully there. I just mean they're still married. Although, are they? I guess so, on paper. I really feel like they got di- divorced. I don't think they would be getting a very clear plot point that happened. Well they we never actually saw the paperwork get signed yeah but we also never saw them say let's stay married nope never did see that no everything indicated divorce because penis doesn't work we had a whole episode around annulment procedures and you know what they were going to do and that that episode and you know it was played for comedy where Natalie kept thwarting Noel's efforts to get an annulment. But at the end of that episode, it was played for serious where he was like, okay, I hear you that you really care about this relationship and you care about me. But if you really care about me, the only way I can move forward is if we get this marriage annulled and start fresh. And she's like, okay, I love you so much that I do that. That's where we left off. Yes. And so that and then felt she left. Like- yeah. And went off with some other guy, and I guess they stayed married. So now he's going to get his half, and um, he he doesn't feel great about it. I don't think it's half. I think she's getting a lot more. Oh. But I oh. think it was still a term of the, like, I don't think it was meant to be an even split. I think it was meant to be she's going to get all this, but the husband will get 50K. Um. Mm-hmm. So I think there was an incentive for both of them, but it was a bigger incentive for her. I mean, now he has 50K because if he doesn't take it, then it just goes to the lawyers. And he's like, well, I don't want you to have it, guy who's sitting right in front of me. Yeah. So I guess I will take it. Yeah, he has this whole story that he tells because he always needs to tell a story or have a metaphor and he's reluctant because his vision of taking an inheritance or taking settlement checks is about his cousin Jerry who just became like a dilettante and sat around collecting settlement checks. Um, yeah, I don't think he understands 
how much money fifty thousand dollars is. Not I mean, much. it's a lot of money, but it's not enough to just sit around for the rest of your life. Even yeah, starting in the nineties, like or early two thousands, like it's eight thousand dollars a semester to go to college. So, yeah, or at least the tuition. Yes. Actually, I don't know. Was it just the tuition for Felicity that was eight thousand? I don't know what she applied to. If she applied for room and board as well, because she was covering she was already paying that herself. So I'm not sure if she now is asking for a loan to cover the full amount. Yeah, I don't know. Or if eight thousand is just tuition and then the room and board was on top of that. But either way, it does give you a like a perspective of what fifty k might have equated to at that time. Um, but it really 50 K is not enough to just sit around for the rest of your life. Like he still needs to get a job. Yes. It's, it's a nice payday. It'll give him some breathing room or it'll make him a good friend to whoever he gives it to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he, he decides, you know what? Um, I guess I could use this for a new apartment. That's good. I mean, I did just sleep with yeah. my mm-hmm. roommate's girlfriend who I've been in love with for three years so it seems like a good time to get a new apartment sure yeah I, I see his thinking yeah it's not a bad line of thought no. so we're gonna go back to Sean and Megan where Sean is still so nervous about oh, his dad yeah. being in this group setting he's like he just tries so hard to impress he tries too hard to impress people and he just says really inappropriate things uh-huh. and it's not helping because megan is also nervous so she's like all right just calm down we will have a code it's going to be rice krispies and when i say it it means the Shut network up. is getting lots of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Rice, Rice Krispies. Yeah, Rice Krispies is a code for clam it. Don't yep. stop talking. Don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's the plan. That's a foolproof plan. There's like no chance that won't work. That's great. Yeah, no, I'm that. sure that every time she says Rice Krispies, Sean is going to completely listen and just shut his mouth. Yeah, this is like foolproof. This is this is a brilliant plan. We should have thought of it. Um, it's right, almost yeah. as good as Caribbean rhomboid as a band with kazoos. Um, it's not. It's not that good. It's not that good, but it's close. But it's close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Sean's parents are going to arrive at the loft it's sort of like the pre-party they're gonna come over for hors d'oeuvres yeah it was a little awkward it was like all right we're gonna have dinner and it was not clear to me as someone watching it if like megan's parents were just really late because you know sean's parents show up and you know they're a little salty about missing the wedding but 
his mom's going to be like, it's meant to be. And I love your earrings. I think uh-huh. this was meant to be a pre-party because at one point they're going to say, let's go to Greenwich. So they were supposed yeah. to meet up that, first, have hors d'oeuvres, and then go to Greenwich to all of them see Megan's parents. And I guess this does make sense to me because Sean has met Megan's parents, but Megan hasn't met Sean's parents that we know of. So this is a chance for them to meet so that all of them can know each other by the time the whole group is together. Which makes sense had they said that. Yeah. But to me, it looked like they were all going to come over to the apartment and they were just sitting around eating hors d'oeuvres waiting for Megan's parents until Megan actually said, oh, all right, guess we have to like head out to my family's place now. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. just give us that up front so it's not weird that you guys are sitting around alone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're gonna see the first meeting of Megan and his parents. And his his mom kind of kept throwing in little passive aggressive comments, like, you know, we were shocked when we got married and we didn't know, but now that we see Megan, she's beautiful, she's, so she's gorgeous. Lovely. Yeah. Meant it was to meant be. to be. Yeah. Yeah, her, his mom is a real loud talker. She is. She she talks loudly, and it's um it's disconcerting. I, yeah. I didn't enjoy it. That's um, you should definitely not come to any of my family. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, a typical cadence. Hey, look, Melissa, I will go to any family reunion that you want to go to. Every single one. You being there would make it very different. That would yeah. be interesting. Yeah. That would be very interesting. You might be onto something there. But I see. I mean, what you're doing. I might end up in jail, but you know. Yeah. You um my family reunions. It's all it depends on how big the family reunion is. Cause if we're talking like a big family reunion, you used to have like cousins club family reunions where there were like hundreds of people would be in the room. Wow. And uh, we'd have to get like a a catering hall. <laughs> and there would always be, I don't even know if I should say this. There would always be like a table of people that <laughs> you're like, you're pretty sure you're watching people out of Goodfellas. Uh. But then there's like nobody like, no, 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 no. There's no mafia in this family. And you're like, but what about those people? <laughs> Like always there's a table or two of people where you're like, are you sure about them though? And yeah. um, it's like, why are they wearing suits? And that guy's kissing his ring. It's, I don't understand. I'm telling you. Is it like, just a, a, like a cultural thing or I feel like he's packing heat. There's mm. like, I have no way to confirm or deny. I'm just saying there's a certain <laughs> look about it. That's like, are you sure? Yeah. yeah. Um, Ray Liotta well, showed up once. and I'm telling you, Italian-American families on the East Coast, it's just, it's wild. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like her, his, his mom, so he's, he's meant to be of a Jewish background and there's definitely a lot, like a very strong Jewish population, both on Long Island and like the five boroughs Mm -hmm. um 
And this, this woman felt like a woman I know. She really did. Um, <laughs> and maybe I'd say the same for his dad, but I think, I think the idea that originally... his brother is living with them too really tracked yeah. for me. I agree with that. But also, like, yes, I think the initial impression of his dad um, feels familiar. But at least for me, it's mostly because he is Sean and yeah, Sean is Sean. he. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. And they're going to, we're going to start seeing that right away. So his dad, they're having hors d'oeuvres. They're just trying to have a friendly chat. And his dad starts asking how much Sean paid for his stereo. Am I right? I have no idea. He I, picks the, out the technology. A piece of electronics. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the stereo. And he's like, how much you pay for that? I could have gotten you a better deal than the number you just threw out. Yep. And then and- Sean is just, escalated yeah i mean sean sean isn't happy about that but what he's most unhappy about is the fact that his father dressed up and looks nice to mm-hmm. meet his wife's parents like, why I are you mean, wearing a suit dad you're from flushing oh okay because people from flushing don't have suits they do apparently and they can yeah mm-hmm. i mean he's wearing one yeah so but then, I mean, it just, it just, uh, this doesn't take a lot of back and forth. They both no. know where these buttons are and yeah. they just both pushed them to abort the mission. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's That's like, what Sean did. He was like, eject, eject. It's like they both put a finger over their, their own respective button at the same time. They're yeah. like, let's call it quits with this night. <laughs> Here's went, your oh. key. Mm-hmm. Here's your key. We're going to turn on the count of three. Yeah. And his dad storms out. And it didn't take much. But with this one, where I have complained about that for, like, other things where I feel like there's not enough setup for this, I totally believe that these people have had this fight mm-hmm. in longer form 300 million times. And they only need to start off the first sentence now to, like, get to that level of escalation yeah so his dad's gonna walk out megan is begging them like please don't go i want you we want you here like what you this this thing has to happen nope sorry <sighs> megan yeah rice krispies didn't work rice krispies yeah i thought for sure that was a foolproof plan but i, I did too but <sighs> i mean look it's just the first time there will be other times where oh. they can try the Rice Krispie code again. Okay. So Megan's going to dig in with Sean like, okay, now you get to call my parents to explain. <laughs> it's like, sure. Great. Yeah. All right. So let's head over to the ladies' apartment where... We're going to see Elena and Felicity having a conversation. So Elena is supportive of Felicity applying for this art scholarship. Mm -hmm. She's wearing Tracy's sweatshirt. She looks a little rough. She looks like she's, I don't know, she's not made up. She looks like she's just been kind of miserable about what's happened with Tracy. Yeah. And then she admits that she called him and his roommate picked up and hung up on her. Yeah. 
So Felicity I mean, says, give him time. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't see him coming back. Like he was fully on scrubs at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does, I believe, well, according to IMDb, he comes back for one of the last five episodes. Sure. But what do I remember like... about that? Nothing. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I think it was the very last episode. I don't know that he had a speaking role. Was he like an Eli dream sequence with a dog? Um, I want to say he was a guest at an event and that was it. But I, I, um, I won't, I won't say anything else about what the event was because it's just it's so weird. many confusing spoilers from where we are right now. Yeah, it's weird that they would bring him back not for a speaking role. Uh, well, I mean, look, I, I don't, yeah, I don't remember it that well, but I, I have a visual in my head of a scene that he was in. Um, okay. We'll, we'll see when we get there. I think, I think if that is in fact how it plays out, it'll make sense when we get there. But then, so will the rest of the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching see fish. I don't know. That was that was a cop out. I'm going for the ride. Now this part confuses me a little bit in the Elena and and, uh, Felicity conversation. Elena's like, but now I need a new lab partner. Yeah, I mean, she does say first, it's really hard to lose a fiance and a lab partner. I mean, DeForest was clearly her la- her MCAT partner and her lab mm-hmm. partner in between Tracy. I mean, he's definitely her study buddy. Mm-hmm. So I assume if they're in the same set of classes that they'll partner up if they are together. You so, just made me want DeForest to come back. I mean... Let's make this happen. Can we get... I know you like Christopher Gorham. I, I would do. rather replace him with DeForest. I mean, I love Keenan, but the thing is, he'd have to come back as like a less Eori Keenan. Like, well, if maybe, he just comes back and he's sad again, then it's just sad. Well, but maybe you give us a plot line where he has a little bit of growth for his own character. Um, yeah. I want that. <laughs> I want that now. I think that would have solved a problem of season a problem of season four for me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I mean, who doesn't love Keenan? He was great, and I think there, I think there was runway for his character to experience the kind of growth you're wanting. Um, I think it takes some sort of an event of some some nature to have him yeah. make a jump from self-deprecating all the time to maybe more of what you're looking for. But I think they could have built that into the story. And I think that might've been a different, um, in a way, I actually think that would have been perfect because Christopher Gorham's character, Trevor, is meant to be like the strongest links for that character are meant to be between him and Ben and him and Elena. Mm-hmm. And Girl. I think you could do the same thing with DeForest because 
he has the strong connection with Elena, but I think if you're taking DeForest on a journey from being really self-deprecating to confident, Ben's actually kind of on that journey too. Yeah, I just don't think there's a lot of room in this show for people who aren't dating part of the main cast. And I don't see bringing back DeForest as like, you know, Elena left him, got engaged, then didn't get married, and then she's going to get back with DeForest and he's going to be more confident. Like that does not seem like it's going to work out. Yeah, I think that's why you have to have something happen in DeForest's life. I bet the writers could have figured it out. Um, Do you? Well, no, I don't have a lot of confidence (laughs) in that, but I think it is possible for writers to figure out something like that and make it really interesting. Um, And for me, make it make more sense than what they have Trevor do. Um, I mean, this Trevor thing sounds like it's going to be interesting. I don't know if I'd say that. Oh, I think he's out of place. All but, right then. Um, and I, I don't. But, but he's pretty. But we'll unpack that because you're seeing most of what Trevor brings to the show <laughs> in this episode already. <laughs> like they're just going to draw it out. So, yeah. okay. Like depending on how you felt about him here, you'll probably like that primes you for how you may feel about him later. I think. I don't know, listeners. What do you think? Because I don't know. Um. but so elena's like i need a lab partner now and then somehow ben's name gets tossed and it's like that's not a thing right ben is a first semester (laughs) pre-med oh i don't think he was i don't think he was tossed out as being her lab partner they said something uh, like maybe ben and i'll team up well i thought that um Elena said something like, Ben asked me a question about, like, OCHEM that she had already done. I think they and had Felicity... both of those conversations here. But the, I think, I, don't, I wish the delivery of the maybe Ben and I will team up line would have been a little more facetious because that yeah. would have made more sense. I, didn't, I think if, I don't remember them saying that, but if they did, I would assume it was a joke because they're not going to be in any of the same classes at the same time. Right. It yeah. needed, if you're going to put that line in, it needs to be said with more humor because it can't happen. That's not no. a thing. Um, but then there's this story brought up of a guy named Gary Fenton who burned out. He wasn't disciplined enough for that track and there's this parallel of maybe Ben also is not disciplined enough or you know maybe he can't hack it and that's what Elena is saying and Ben unfortunately has come to the apartment he's overhearing all of this but fortunately Felicity is saying all the right things yeah she is standing up for Ben she says I think he can do it I believe he can be disciplined. He's, you know, put his mind, you know, on this track and he'll be a really good doctor. I mean, she's, you know, she's saying all the right things. Um, And she's like, Elena, you don't understand. Ben is like 75% old man Ben now. (laughs) And he is a different guy, 75% there. And you'll get, it's fine. He'll be fine. Mm Mm-hmm. 
she doesn't say yes but you know so i mean in all fairness ben had his hesitations about asking elena for help (laughs) and oh look here's the reason so Mm -hmm. he's gonna wait a beat to make sure that they don't think he's overheard them and then he's gonna walk in and just straight lie to their faces and say yeah i totally understood those uh those equations i got it not a problem and then exit and the ladies are impressed um not how ben used to impress the ladies but here we are so uh let's go back to the loft where megan is going to give sean the gift of a not so subtle hint yeah i was interested to hear what you felt about this because you know this is a wife a life partner telling you know telling her husband he has to have a relationship with his parents Mm-hmm. Is this right? Is this wrong? What What is this? I guess there's a bunch of interesting things happening in this scene for me. So first of all, so Megan gives Sean this book called Fathers and Sons. And she's like, talk to your dad. Um, I am okay with Megan having this conversation with Sean because she's not going directly to Sean's dad. She's not manipulating the situation. She's saying... Sean, have a conversation with him. And this is the first time we've ever seen Megan and Sean have this conversation. And it's the first time Megan has ever met his parents. So I think it would be weird that that they're in this relationship, that they're married now, for her to have never articulated this thing, especially because of the journey she's been on with her own parents. But I also think it is up to Sean what he does. Um, I think it's up for him to decide, is there any sort of hope for any road forward with my parents or my father? And Megan ultimately will need to respect his decision on that. So she can lay out her perspective and she's never had the chance to do that before on this subject that we've seen. So she said her thoughts, she said her piece and, um, so and now like, it's up to Sean. It's fine that she said it once, but if she kept kind of banging the drum, then it would be a bit much. I mean, could she say it twice? Maybe could like at a certain point though, it's his call. So mm-hmm. I think, well, I do like the fact that she's, that we're getting that she's saying this to him because she's had a journey with her own parents. And actually that's a journey I really wish I could have seen. Um, yeah, and I think I've said I'm, that before. Yeah, I'm interested to hear how, like, your thoughts on, you know, she says she stopped being Maggie with her parents. She has a relationship with them. But what she says is, I don't like it, but I have a relationship with my dad. Yeah, so she, um, We saw freshman year what it looked like when Megan was not being herself with her parents. That was Maggie, her alter ego that her parents thought was her real self. The one who wears floral dresses and goes to museums every day. Um, And it was funny for us because it was like, who is this person? Like she wears like skulls and dead and and baby earrings, dead baby earrings. Um, (laughs) 
And like, this is what we know. And then she's just this totally different person with her parents. And I think that there was a lot of tension there for her. So now to hear that a couple years ago, she made this big decision. So that would have put it as a sophomore year. Um, she went home once and she was just herself. She's just dressed all goth. And she, you know, like she, she was just the version of her that we know her to be. And she started to develop a relationship with her parents that was more tenable for her, um, where she was being herself, where she could continue to be in that environment and not compromise herself. And um, yeah, so I guess she, it sounds like she's saying, you know, I don't love these conversations with, was it just her dad? She said. She, yeah. I mean, she was, Sean was talking about his dad. So I think mm-hmm. she was talking about her dad. Yeah. But I don't know that it, it was really that focused on him. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she, she doesn't necessarily love the dynamic with her dad, but she has one and it's as herself. So she doesn't feel like she's compromised. And I think that's a big step for her. And I think I know a lot of people who, who like people that I've met working people who are like really strong career people whose parents never accepted who they were past the age of like fifth, like 13 to 15. And they've, there have been a number of people who have told me the way that I handle it going home to see my parents is to be the version of me they want me to be. Yeah. And like that would equal roughly the 13 to 15 year old version of themselves, depending on who I was talking to. And I always thought that was so interesting because it's like, what a shame. Like I, for them, that was a coping mechanism and a way to, to appease their parents. And maybe everybody in there, like everybody in that situation was happy with it. But when I look at it, I'm like, oh man, then nobody in our family or his family knows that person as them. Like so accomplished and so amazing in their own lives. And they, they have to like hide all of that. Um, you know, they yeah. can't talk about that stuff because they have to be this this less competent, less capable, less interesting version of themselves to appease family members or, or friends who haven't like evolved with them. So <clears throat> I don't know. I think everybody does it a little differently. I think there are very few parent-child relationships where parents don't see their kids as kids, you know, and they just see them as, you know, full, full grown, mature adults who are complex and kids do the same thing with their parents. You know, you realize at some point, sometimes very early in your life, sometimes not so early that your parents are not perfect. They're people too. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I don't know that that that's always explored. Yeah. You know, there's, there is a relationship there and it's based on love. And I always say like, lying is a social lubricant. Um, the other way to go is to use the other social lubricant, which many families do, which is just, you know, heavy drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, I think 
I guess this would have been an interesting thing to explore because the on this show, because there was fodder here for really exploring what this this age in somebody's development, like around this college time, 18 to early 20s, is a really formative time for a lot of people and in individuating. And I think it creates a lot of potentially interesting storylines. But most of the characters in this show, like, you know, we don't we don't really see much of Noel's parents except for that one. Like, your Felicity, <laughs> um, Elena's, you know, dad is totally checked out of the situation. Ben is going to have some evolution with his parents coming up. Um, so that will be something we get to see a little bit of. But we're not going to see Sean's parents evolve. We really don't see much evolution from, we don't really see much evolution from Felicity's dad. You might argue there's some happening off screen with Felicity's mom, um, but their relationship doesn't seem to change that much. So I think it could have been interesting to actually see this thing play out with Megan, because this is one dynamic that has altered tremendously and we just don't see it. We will see, uh, Megan's mom will feature in an episode later this season a little bit. And so we're going to, we're not going to, we're going to get to see like where they are now, but it's not going to show the transition. Yeah. And I mean, Megan's now going to be stuck in a similar boat to Felicity where her parents are, you know, trying to force her hand to do what they want. Sort of. I don't know that we actually explore this very much after this episode. Really? Um, That's upsetting. Trying to remember. I, I'm having a hard time recalling scenes where we actually continue to investigate this. And I know that it, it's been happening for a little while in the episode already, but here is where I noticed that there is different lighting and music. It is more upbeat. There is more comedy. It's, you know there are still some moments of dark lighting and dramatic music but they it's not like last episode where it was just so overwhelming yeah um okay it, so i'm enjoying the fact that they have moved back <laughs> to normal lighting like some funny stuff yeah. you know uh i i needed that after yeah. last episode <laughs> Yeah. Well, so that's, you know, that's the conversation we're getting there with, with Megan and Sean and Hey, there was so much to explore here. We just, uh, I don't know. I told you there just isn't a lot of room for people not dating the main cast. And thankfully none of their parents are dating the main cast. True. We did have that little blip on the radar yep. with kissing Mr. Covington. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was not appreciated. Not appreciated whatsoever. But I will I will say, like, you know, and I've I've said it before, but I will I will plant this flag and say of storylines I wish they would have explored more. I would have liked to see more of Megan and her parents somehow. Mm-hmm. Um yep, but you know, there it is. So we're gonna see uh we're gonna go to Dean and DeLuca. 
Felicity has called about the Liz Weinstein scholarship and found that it is no longer available. They're not doing it. Because she's dead. That was a weird choice. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like weirdly accurate. You know, these books come out and they have a lot of, like you always have to call before you do the application because mm -hmm. there's a lot of scholarships that are just defunct yeah. for various reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I actually, given that it was a personal scholarship, uh, I don't think that it's that uncommon. Yeah. I yeah. think Felicity should have gone back and asked for like at least five bucks back. At the very least. Yeah. So... Javier is um, now going to say, oh, I saw Noel and you would have been so proud. I pretended so well <laughs> that I didn't know. And he's asking if it's still awkward. She's saying it is. He says, well, Noel's moving. Yep. And that's Just the first. dropping that information in there. Yeah, that's the first Felicity is going to be aware that Noel's looking for a new apartment. Um, and of so course she yeah. thinks it's about her. But in this case, it kind of is. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it's definitely a factor yeah. that it might be about her. Mm -hmm. So we are now going ahead over to the loft for another ultra pressurized conversation with Noel having the worst timing ever. So the co-op manager <laughs> is back at Sean's door demanding Sharon. a check. Sharon. Sharon is there in person. Yep. And... Uh, she is, she is just, you know, she needs a check. Yeah. It's like, can I mail it? No, that's why I'm here. Yeah. That's why I came to your door, mm -hmm. sir. Um, so yeah, Sharon's not having it. And Noel takes this opportunity to walk past Sean and be like, hey, I got a new apartment. I'm giving you my 30 days notice. Sean's like this. Yeah is not the person to say that in front of. <laughs> <laughs> ah, awkward. That no. No. Um, so but Sean's going to level. He's going to level with Sharon. He's like, look, I'm, I'm having some money problems. Mm -hmm. uh, Sharon is not sympathetic. She's just no. like, you have to pay. Yeah, that's the thing. And so he sort of drops this little tidbit. You know, anyone looking for a sublet? um but she does say i'll enough. give you two days and two then days. they're hiring a lawyer and i don't know if actually the two days it feels like the repo people came before two days was up but maybe not we don't know about time right as far as i was concerned i'm not paying attention to time this episode that is what i or this season yeah that is what i was told time is irrelevant or relative or doesn't exist time and you know who we blame for all that valve e howard valve howard right yes. um that's where all the confusion about time happens right there yes Good uh point. so let's go to the lab because Hey, you want to know, want to know about time? Ben and Trevor have been struggling <laughs> over an experiment for six hours. The yes. better part of a work day. They're supposed to make black crystalline something. Yeah. 
and they can't they they are not able to do this they're not able to figure it out and trevor's looking at his watch because he is like man i want to go to molson night at the Stillwater." he is a bad influence yeah he's he's ready to go out and party it off after six long hours of failing in the lab yep ben's like but Fine. not benjamin yeah I, you know, I was surprised. I, I thought Trevor was going to have more of a, an influence, but no. No, uh, Ben, you know, his his back is hurting and mm-hmm. his sciatic is acting nice, up. Yeah, <laughs> got his nice comfy slippers on and he just wants to stay right where he is yep. and uh, continue to work on what will eventually turn out to be black goo yeah 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 trevor's gonna leave he's gonna go and pub it up yeah i think people say but i said it and then yeah you're right ben's gonna stick around and try to get this thing done all night yeah so sean meanwhile he's he's gonna go home to talk to his dad where he first encounters his very passive aggressive brother yeah who's just commenting like dad's pissed um (laughs) dad is indeed pissed and he's watching wheel of fortune so was elena's dad now that i think about it yes i noticed the parallel so it was like this episode brought to you by rice krispies and wheel of fortune exactly double sponsor that's got a good job yeah so i actually really enjoyed this scene because it it's just this is exactly how i imagine guys are mm-hmm. when they're with each other mm-hmm. it's like they're sitting looking at a tv like not looking at each other and mm-hmm. it's awkward and they need something to say and like eventually they just kind of get over it yeah sean, sean kind of looks at a pile of stuff in the corner he's like what's that over there that's like screwless chairs. Mm-hmm. Sean's like, what? I and mean, it's it's his dad's an idea guy too. Sure you know? is. They're both entrepreneurial. I mean, I kind of wonder if his dad also went to Harvard Business School Possibly. program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Sean's dad is going to perk up a bit and tell him about this screwless chair invention, which actually has an excellent tagline. Screw other chairs. Yep. Love it. That's genius marketing. It's really good marketing, but it never hit because the marketing wasn't good enough. But Sean was still impressed. Um, Yeah. and And here I just wrote, it's very obvious that Sean doesn't like the things about his father that he doesn't like in himself. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is. Sean's dad is a mirror for Sean. Yeah. But I also feel like this is the human experience. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I'm sure I've fallen into this trap mm-hmm. without knowing it. And it's like, oh, like this thing is really annoying. And then I, you know like oh wait i do that yeah yeah 
Very true. I mean, I think they they magnified it in this dynamic to a huge degree. Um, I mean, they are they look like the same person. Yeah, they you know, all like, definitely look like they are related. Yeah, or at least not necessarily appearance, but like they behave like the same people. And um, yeah, I think they look and also look. A I think bit they like, look like they're related. Yeah. I mean different color hair a little bit but like you know yeah I I don't think they have a very good like easygoing family vibe but that seems to make sense yeah so now that they've sort of patched things up without actually patching anything up Sean's (laughs) going to invite his dad to the rescheduled dinner that's now tomorrow and is also a brunch ah Interesting. Interesting point. Yes. So we are going to skip over from that to Javier's audition. Uh, Just one more thing before we skip. So Mm -hmm. yes, um, Sean is saying you guys should come to brunch. Megan has rescheduled it. Um, And his dad, I mean, again, I just feel like this is such a guy thing to do. And apologies if I am generalizing, but his dad says, well, your, your mother would want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you guys do love each other, but you just can't say it. You can't talk, have this at all, any sort of direct conversation about it. Yeah. No, no. So Javier's addition. Wow. Just wow. This and plays I, out basically like his nightmare audition uh, yeah, for Greece. But but worse. But the first scene, the first thing we see is Javier in a full-on like medieval suit of armor with a giant, giant feather mm-hmm. in it. And I love it. I love it so much. Okay. It's amazing. You know who wasn't loving it? The director. The casting director. Who, Javier introduces himself, and the thing we hear off screen is, lose the accent, please. And then the music starts. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he definitely cannot lose the accent. No. Um, He doesn't have those skills, at least at this point. also cannot sing yeah i mean i'm worse but he's bad to dream the impossible dream thanks for coming next hard enough (laughs) please move along we will put you in the back row (laughs) of the choir if we get not enough people to audition which has to be how that played out because how how does he get any role in this play no or mm-hmm. it's a musical, I guess. Yes. Uh, how? Based on the way, not even his performance, but just like that quick of a no. How do you end up getting anything? Yeah. It's, it can only be like, oh, only three people tried out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my goodness. I bet this stuff happens a lot. <laughs> um, Community theater at its finest. Well, I mean, anything really, I bet, like, I bet if you're, if you're a casting professional or you're the director 
and you're doing auditions, I bet you know very quickly when people walk into the room whether or not they're what you're looking for. I mean, I saw the outfit and I was like, absolutely. And then he opened his mouth and started singing and I was like, nope. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think any of us needed to hear more of that. That's the thing. Well, let's go back to the loft where things have gotten dramatic very quickly. Um, Yes. Collections agents are seizing all the furniture. They are. Not just the furniture. I mean, all his stuff. They've got electronics. They've got all of it. I don't understand how they knew what was his Mm. and what was the the other people's. Um, But okay. Um, Could they take all of it? Uh, I don't think so because later we see Noel with, he's sitting on something and there's a lamp that was left over. So they, they must not have taken everything. Um, maybe there were like certain big ticket items like the sofa and the electronics that he had put up as collateral. Um, could be, but yeah. And just to add insult to injury, as the guys were like moving stuff out, they're like, eviction's coming. (laughs) It is looming. Yeah, they've taken everything out of his apartment. And he's like, this is an issue. And the guy's like, this is not an issue. Like, you have bigger things to worry about. You're about to be homeless. Yeah. Yeah. It's quality. (laughs) Good times. Quality. Good times. It's so like later level of like eventually you will die in real life too. Yeah, yeah. That that's truth. Yeah. You know, the, the, these people don't lie. Yeah. Well, next thing we're gonna see is what you were just referencing. We're still in the loft and we're gonna see Noel sitting on, I don't know, the floor or cushions or something. He's definitely not sitting on the floor because the the lamp is on a table. And he okay. is equal with the lamp. Okay. So I don't know if it's <laughs> okay. I assumed it was like a small couch or something somewhere. Like I don't know. Yeah, he um it's looking like a pretty sparsely decorated room at this point. Apparently, Sean at some point told people the floors were being redone because he doesn't want to explain the dire situation that everybody is now actually in lie he is lying to everyone yeah felicity is going to show up with uh, of all things a money question that she wants to ask sean Mm-hmm. because you know he's the expert clearly i think that that that's if one thing is clear it's that well uh we do find out noel confirms that he is moving he's going to move to chelsea mm-hmm. um and then Felicity is going to ask her question. She's like, well, you know, I'm, the, the scholarship wasn't available. I need to pay for tuition. But I was thinking, like, maybe I get one of those credit card applications and I just charge my tuition. Yeah. She, oh boy. She's like, I tried to get a loan, but I don't have any collateral. Um, yeah. That's, I don't know. I feel like that's not how loans work from a bank. Um like you, I don't know, maybe at this size of loan, like usually it's just based on your credit rating. Um, like that's how you do a car loan. But 
I, I guess you have the car for collateral for that one. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, clearly, that was the issue. She doesn't have collateral. And yeah. I'm very glad that Noel was there to tell her all about, um, you know, just extortion in the lending industry, which is really not okay. Yeah, he's like, do not charge your tuition. The interest is astronomical. And it is. Mm -hmm. This is what, this is how the industry works. And it is terrible. And I was working on trying to get legislation passed against it. Um, It's bad. This kind of lending is bad. Don't do it. Yeah, so Noel's like, uh, well, I could give you the inheritance money from Natalie. Mm-hmm. That's an okay. option. And she's like, no. And he's like, wait, 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 it's a loan. You can pay it back whenever, like, or never. Zero percent interest, you know. Um, and I was just like, this is going to cause so many problems if this happens. This is, I mean, this there. Yeah, there's too much emotion tied here. Um, this but isn't also, just... like, what would Ben think? Like, yeah. Noel's paying for his girlfriend's college? Yeah, there's just a lot of, there's there's a lot of problems with this. But it's a nice offer, right? And Felicity is going yeah. to decline, but she's going to thank him. She's She can't even look at him. You know, she's, she's, yeah. she's talking low. Awkward. She's not able to look at him. She's like, look, she's thanks, Noel. She's naked. It's true. It's awkward. Thanks, it's going to be Noel, awkward for a little while. She's like, you're you. You're amazing. But no. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. And that's, that's the end of that scene. So we're going to go back to OCAM, where Ben is waking up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now his back really does hurt because he spent the night in the lab, yeah. which really can't. I mean, I don't know exactly what they were creating black crystalline something yeah but i just feel like it probably wasn't good to be breathing that in all night (laughs) like yeah i don't know so he's uh he's he wakes up as people are entering the classroom for class so it's been a rough night yeah uh, but he thinks he finished the experiment so at least there's that and trevor's super proud of him Mm-hmm. and uh he's gonna call the professor over and the professor's like nope that's not it you got it wrong it's a common error Ben's like oh can can you tell me the error so i can fix it and the professor i mean this guy right this guy this guy <sighs> he's just like no uh you have to figure it out on your own and you have to figure out how to do this lab or you can't do the next one. And if you can't do the next one, you are out of here. So figure it out on your own. Yeah. And Ben, who he's exhausted. He's failed. He's not feeling good about things. He says under his breath, this guy sucks. But it wasn't under his breath enough, unfortunately. It was not. But you know what? The professor, I'm sure, has heard worse. Yeah, I mean, you don't get to be that giant of a dick and not have people react. Yeah. 
And so the professor was like, well, you don't have to stay. Yeah, you can go. You can be one of the 40% who, well, what's it? Was it 40% that do make it or 40% that 40 don't? 40% that don't. Yeah. That either drop out or fail. So you can be one of the 40% that's about to leave this class. Um, yeah. I feel like this was a perfect, like, by Felicia moment pre by Felicia. I, I kind of. I kind of like where they started this guy because we're going to see a little bit more from this professor and he's going to have a little bit of a, he's not just going to be a dick the whole time. So um, he will have some humanity. Yeah, there's going to be, they're going to draw out some story here. And I think there's some interesting stuff that comes out of it. Um, so I like that they started here. I like that they started with him being like, and from his perspective, he is totally immune to watching 40% of his class screw the pooch every single year. Like he has yeah. found a way to reconcile that with him. Not like it has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with him as a professor or it's not to do with his self-esteem. It's just like 40% of you aren't going to cut it. <laughs> but I mean, this is pretty common, I think. Um I mean, starting in undergrad and then, I mean, grad school, depending on where you went, um, you know, doing what I did, like university, I didn't go to University of Chicago, but University of Chicago takes a bunch of people in um, and they drop 80% of yeah. their incoming class after the first year. Yeah. And so it's just sort of a gauntlet. And he doesn't, he doesn't know most of these people. He certainly doesn't know Ben. He certainly doesn't know Trevor. So this is, you know, and they're just starting this class. The relationship isn't there. Ben missed the first class because he came late. I mean, he doesn't owe Ben much um, at this point, or at least he doesn't think he does. And mm -hmm. so um, it will be kind of fun to see him start to figure out who Ben is little bit um, yeah i think if ben sticks with it he you know this guy seems tough but it also seems like he will respect someone who won't give up and ben you know it remains to be seen his capability but his his drive is there yes you know like he's this is coming from a place that's not just i have to do this but i really want to it's coming from a place that i watched avery die and i watched medical professionals bring her back to life mm -hmm. um and so you know maybe not everybody has that personal experience and who knows what he saw over the summer at the emt program Absolutely. you know there's a lot of practical experience there that maybe some of the other people in this class don't have um yeah, but from what we saw in the last episode, if he doesn't make it as a doctor, he can always get his backup job as a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. So he's accurate. got a fallback. Yeah. Very accurate. So Sean, we're going to get some Sean and Noel stuff here. Noel has now clued into the fact or Sean has clued into the fact that Noel has now received some money and in mm. inheritance, which is great because it's so convenient because Sean needs money. And so Sean is going to start pitching business ideas to Noel. He's going to talk about some flavored pen caps. To which I say, 
Ew. Yeah. Um, I've never been one of those people that chews on the pen caps. I don't, um, no. Yeah. And Ew. and the way they present this doesn't make it look more appealing. He's like, no. try, try this one. And Noel's just gnawing on it. He sticks it like halfway in his mouth. Yeah. Um, it's gotta, like, gotta get it to the back mm, molars, you know? I just, I feel like we don't want to encourage this. Yeah. So, uh, he's just looking for some seed money and you could tell yeah. Noel's not really loving the flavor nope. or the idea. Nope. <laughs> he's like, you know that what I'm going to think about this? Seems a little risky. Mm-hmm. Think about it. So there's that. This is, this is a moment of great desperation from Sean. It is. And, you know, now we're going to roll from that to more desperation. So Javier and Felicity are talking. Javier's regaling her with the story of his terrible addition. The dream is dead. Yeah. The impossible okay. dream. Meanwhile, Felicity's like, okay, yeah, that's dead. And also, like, what do I do about the money? Like, how do I pay for college? Because I just, the, the scholarship wasn't available. Javier's like, Right. And so you go with my option A, which was the pageant. She's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, come on. He's like, no, no, no. There's an academic portion, 10K worth of prize money available for the academic portion. Go for that. Well, it's 10K for the whole thing. Yeah. There just happens to be an academic portion, which, you know, um, I don't know about this pageant. Some of them have, you know, just some very impressive people in them. Oh, um, I thought it was 10K for the academic portion itself. No, it's 10K for the for winning the pageant. Oh. And the pageant has an academic portion. Okay. Yeah. So it's like you still have to wear a bikini, but they'll also ask you about your background and your classes and what you want to do. I mean, this is like, you know, where pre-med gorgeous women go and wear bikinis and get money for it. And you're just like, God gave with both hands for you, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So the application is due in a week. So gotta get thinking about this. You know, mm-hmm. let's go over to a place where people aren't having money problems. It's at Megan's house. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw that door open and there's like a column in the middle of the room. Yeah. And I just wrote, holy shit. And like Parker, the butler sees them at the door. I oh mean, my God. this is a different, different world. world. You know, yeah. this is, you just see it right from the beginning. Yeah. And Sean's parents are already there. So Sean and Megan show up and they're the last ones to arrive. And in all fairness, the parents seem like they're getting along. Yeah, they do. Megan's nervous. She's going to ask for a drink to take the edge off. But also look at her outfit. I mean, I you said that she changes styles partway through this season. Mm-hmm. She has not yet changed style. No, she has not. You will know when she does. They they yeah. are going to make a very big deal out of it and it will be a noticeable aesthetic change. Yeah. Cause this was very Megan. Yeah. I loved it, but it it 
she went home being Megan. I'm a little bit surprised you don't remember what the style change was. Well, I think you told me. It's like, wasn't it kind of like dresses? She starts wearing dresses. I want to say 60s. Yeah. Uh, Is a bold swing in another direction. I mean, I I feel like I have a couple images in my head and they were, they see that like, from what I remember, it's like beehives and, and, and hats and like, it's, it's, it's very like like, box hats and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've got some of that stuff like in my head. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot to take note of for you when you get to that part in terms of fashion changes, but we will Mm -hmm. get there. So Ben is going to knock on Elena's door. He's actually looking for Felicity and thank God he is because we need this moment of these two characters (laughs) coming together for a second. Um, So he's looking for Felicity who isn't there. He doesn't know that yet. But Elena, he catches Elena in a very vulnerable moment because she is reading a letter from Tracy. He went on a church mission because he's just not into it anymore. He doesn't want to deal. Yeah, he went, he's taking the semester off and he's going to Zambia, which I'm sorry to tell you, Tracy, Zambia is boring. I mean, I'm just going on record. Like Lusaka is really freaking boring. Uh, hey, Zambians! Listeners, I apologize, uh, yeah. but it's true. It it's just objectively true. <laughs> it's really, it's well. It's really how about this? I I'm really excited about Zambia and Zambians. Zambia, but I can be excited about it. You can. You can. You cannot, however, say that you know it is an exciting place. I think it sounds interesting and like a different culture. It is different than the U.S. It's I think there's a, a lot country. to learn from people with different experiences. That is a blanket statement. Sure is. <laughs> but I'm blanketly applying it to all of Zambia. Yeah. Look, to our, for our Zambian listeners. Zambian Zambian people are lovely. I have enjoyed every single person that I met there. Um, But the city itself, it's boring. It just is. Well, one way that we can amp it up a little bit is if we've got a couple Zambian listeners, maybe from Lusaka, who know how to play the kazoo. Do we have an offer for you? (laughs) Come join Uh, our new band that doesn't actually ever play music together called Caribbean Rhomboid Mm -hmm. with two people (laughs) from the U.S. who are not anywhere near the Caribbean and two people from maybe Zambia. (laughs) Yeah, I think they will be considerably better at music than um, like just in general i like that you're underselling your skills here because i feel like i feel like people are going to end up being wowed by the product of caribbean rhomboid at the end you mean the nothing that we're going to do right yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) 
anyway. So Tracy is off on this mission. Elaine is just really sitting with this. She's like, I made a mistake. Biggest mistake of her life. Yeah, she's she's got some regrets here. Ben's like, wait, 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 wait. Marrying somebody for the wrong reasons is crazy. Yeah, that was not... It's not a good other option to what happened. I feel like, like that's actually right choice. Yeah, I feel like he is actually a really comforting person for her to talk to here because of his reaction, because he's so bent about it. Mm-hmm. And it's so just like, no, 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 no. Obviously, you shouldn't have gotten married. <laughs> Anybody could see yeah. it. Like, I'm not even a close friend of yours. And it's very clear <laughs> that marrying somebody you don't want to marry isn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. I don't know. I feel like in a way it almost means more coming from Ben. Um, I don't know. I Because he's not just a yes person. It's not like going to Felicity and her being like, no, it's fine. Because she's going to have Elena's back. But Ben has no prior like real relationship with Elena here. So if he's just like, no, empirically, this would make no sense if you married him. And she's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I could see that. He actually um, said you did the right thing, you know? She's yeah. like, hmm. So a man on the street sort of vox populi yeah. kind of situation. <laughs> That's the temperature we're taking. Great. Yeah. and And it opens up the door to, like, Ben is now helping her, Uh so maybe he'll be a little more comfortable asking for help in the future. But he does it here in a way that's like continuing to play on the guilt factor. He's like, yeah, not bad for a six-weeker, huh? Because he's referencing (laughs) the conversation he overheard between No, but he's joking. He's joking, but then then he sort of plants that seed. He's like, it's okay. I don't know if I'm going to make it either. And you're right, it does plant the seed for him to ask for help in the future, but it puts the it puts the footing here in a different place. He's been kind to her. He shares that he overheard an unkindness mm-hmm. from her. And at the end of the day, it's like, maybe this is an easier way to get the ask to go across <laughs> later, even though I don't know that he's thinking about that in this moment. No, I don't think he was like trying to manipulate her or anything. I think that's just what popped into his head. Yeah. So Felicity's not actually there, so he's gonna he's gonna leave. And we are going to go over to dinner with the parents and Sean and Megan. And mm. we get Sean's dad complimenting the Rotundi Elevator Empire. Yeah. Let's say it. Let's Empire. say it. Empire. He has never been in a Rotundi elevator. It stopped. Sure hasn't. I mean, had unscheduled stops in between floors. Yeah, that's true. So, so, I like I like the way you clarified that elevator stop all the time, yeah. um, but not not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You know, he's trying to work out some deals to save uh, Megan's dad some money. Then he throws in the idea of his screwless chair invention. He shares the the fantastic tagline. Yeah, I love that tagline. 
Fantastic. Um, and Megan's dad politely is like, oh, I'd love to see a prospectus for that. Yeah, he actually seems interested. I don't know if he's actually interested. I can't tell either. He's very yeah. Walter. He's very, Yeah. I don't see how you can do that. <laughs> Show me yeah. a prospectus. He's advertising <laughs> the room. Uh, no one will remember this afterwards yeah and then he becomes a bat and flies away um so sean is now just gonna be like dad can can i talk to you for a second yeah (laughs) yep Mm -hmm. goodness gracious he hasn't even had that line used on him a whole lot but he Mm -hmm. knows he's on this show correct and so he pulls his dad to the side to have the loudest aside I know like, and they do not go far. <laughs> like, yeah, they take two steps out of the room and he starts yelling. I always think that's so funny in almost every form of of acting, like because it happens in plays too, where they do an aside and you're just like they step a little like a foot away from where they were before, and they're like, "Hey, audience," um, and nobody else is supposed to know what's happening. But in in TV and movies, when you when you step away, but it's like six feet away. And you're having kind of a loud conversation. It's a little hard for me to suspend disbelief to believe that people aren't hearing them. And in this situation, they are hearing them. Yes, they've heard everything. Which they've is heard Sean say, "Don't ask for money," and none of your ideas ever work. And you're embarrassing yourself. Yes. And Ugh. they then turn around, and the entire table is staring at them. Yeah, and they basically brought this meal to a grinding halt. Good times. Good times. So we're going to go now to the loft because Sean, I think, is beginning to see that there is a parallel between his dad and himself. Mm-hmm. And so he is going to go to Noel and he's going to apologize uh, for even asking about Noel investing. Noel doesn't want to invest. Um, and, and then Sean's going to get honest with him. He's like, you know, it's not really the reason why I came to you. I'm actually in financial trouble. And I'm sorry that I that I did what I did with you. And Noel is going to get out his checkbook and give Sean a loan. Yeah, I just thought of a potential tagline for the flavored pen caps. Oh. Suck my pen caps. Or nice. maybe suck suck my pens. Suck this. Suck my pens feels like something you would say. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you know people will add an I whenever yeah. they see the advertising. Mm-hmm. That's I what, what I was. Doing. That's yeah. what I was going for. Yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like yeah, that yeah, that would that, work for him. That's really on brand for you. Um, yeah. makes a lot of sense, listeners. I'm sure you can confirm that at this point. Yep. You know us well enough. Um, Noel, Noel's going to give Sean a loan. He's going to say, this is just, this is blood money. I'm not, I don't want any part of it. They have this big hug. How is it blood money? It was uh- a marriage. <laughs> like, you didn't kill anyone. My God, man. Yeah. I mean, no, is Natalie, obviously. like, dead somewhere? And that's how you got the money? Like... <laughs> are her family like italian americans that we don't know about like what is going on well has such a way with words doesn't he 
Um, Something. Yeah. You know, this is sort of, I don't know if this is the first moment necessarily, but this is a major, like Sean and Noel are going to have a growing relationship okay. in this season. And this feels like it's the start of that, but I'm trying to think, can you remember if we've had in the previous seasons um, any real like points of connection between Sean and Noel? I guess Noel did the graphics for documentary. Yeah, but not to the point where there's like an extended man hug. Yeah. Like, feel like this is the first time it's gotten to that level. Okay. So, well, you know, watch this space. All <laughs> right. Um, for those of us who are still continuing to hold on to that expression, because uh, because there's more to see from this dynamic. I do like that season four because they've put people in different spots. They're they're giving us some room to see some different pairings then we got to see the first three seasons so this is this is one that could that has a little bit more runaway with it All right. and then another one of those situations now we're going to go to the lab we're going to see elena is actually helping ben and trevor mm-hmm. and trevor is hitting on her sure is he's just he's just sitting there while she's doing it and ben's trying to learn and trevor is just macking on elena Mm -hmm. for those that want to keep that term alive um he he's gonna start with a neg and then he's just gonna tell her that she's banging and all of the other phrases mm-hmm. <laughs> that we used <laughs> that were once used um he's gonna invite her out to mug night which i feel like is a terrible business proposition you bring your own mug you get free beer all night yeah guess that's like, how to do it at bazax or whatever the name of the place was yeah um, well, they're going to, you know, the experiment is a success. They made it happen. Thanks. Thanks, Elena, for being there. They don't need to stick around. Trevor invites both Ben and Elena to go to mug night, but Ben wants to go find Felicity. Elena has no reason that she can't, <laughs> she needs to leave. <laughs> so she's like, sure. Yeah. But I don't have a, I don't have a mug. And he just grabs a beaker, which feels like a really choice. It, yeah. I mean, it feels dangerous. It doesn't feel healthy. No. And uh, but she accepts and she's gonna go with Trevor to Mug Night. And I'm just trying to think, is that all the Trevor stuff we see in this episode? We do. That's all we see. So uh walk me through it. What were your first impressions with Trevor? Trevor. All right, so I'm gonna caveat this with still love christopher gorham gorgeous great actor love him trevor is a douche trevor is like not interested he wants to go out and party he's freeloading off of ben and now elena um 
not taking it seriously. He just seems, he seems like a douche. I don't like him. And they're going to, um, like, Trevor's going to be, like, kind of a loose rebound for Elena. Hmm. I don't know if I'd say they have, like, a full-on, I don't know. I mean, he's fine for that. Like, he's, you know, good time guy. Whatever. He is. I think it'll be enough where they're, like... You know, it's a thing, but it's not a huge thing, but it's a thing. Um, And it's starting here. Like everything, everything that you see from Trevor is what we know about Trevor. I mean, he doesn't come off as particularly charming in this. So I don't know. I mean, maybe just Elena needs something and he's giving her attention. But I don't know. Christopher Gorham can be charming. And I wish he was more. more yeah, charming. that's the thing. I guess when I think about Trevor, if I if I think about him before we're seeing the rest of his arc play out, just what I remember about it, I think he's just like an anchor strapped around Ben and Elena's necks. I mean, he he's just not serious, but he's like, as I said, he's freeloading off the two of them. Mm-hmm. And so. it's never really like called out in the show it's just like he's he's just a good time guy but it's like mm-hmm. get out of ben's face okay the, the <laughs> boy's trying to he's got goals and you're not helping you know like and, and elena like I, I just don't know i don't know mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess i guess a rebound is a rebound but yeah um i don't know i just who is this guy why do we need him um but yeah he's the the anti-tracy he is the anti-tracy i think everything that you've observed here is well observed and like you won't be shocked by like where his character goes yeah um that's sad they knew who he was from the first episode he was in i think which we can't really say about many characters so at least there's that at least there is that yeah so we are going to go to probably my favorite scene in the episode um Mm. sean is going to try again with his dad he's going to go back uh home and he's going to uh, interrupt his dad and his brother joey joey has to make himself scarce again and he actually has a direct conversation with his dad on like the first time. Uh, he's like, look, I'm, it's not that I'm ashamed of you, dad. I want them to think I am someone. Yeah, like, he wants to impress them. And his dad is just so supportive. He's yeah. like, you are somebody. And then Sean, and Sean just like goes off on like all the ways that he's inadequate. And his dad's like, no. And we actually no, no, get no, articulated no. some things here that he says, I'm 27 years old, which I think we've, we've debated about his age before. And I don't know if he's said it 
before this. So he's 27 at this point. He never went to college. He doesn't have a job. And he has only friends who are younger than him. And now he has a wife. Mm-hmm. He's a loser. And his dad's like, no, no, no. First of all, you have that great apartment. Mm-hmm. You have great ideas. And then fish. <laughs> yes. My note from an optimist. <gasps> The way I melt when his dad says, he goes over to the cabinet, he pulls out a container of lactose, Mm -hmm. the cereal, the the milk, the cereal with milk baked into every (laughs) O that nobody could choke down. (laughs) And he is like, not a week goes by. We don't eat lactose for breakfast. Mm Mm-hmm. Fish, I melted. <laughs> That's love. That is pure love. If you're looking for a definition of love, most people would not think for this to be it. But I, his father. I know. It is the sweetest. Mm-hmm. How can you not hear that his I don't even know how there have been that many containers of lactose produced on earth. <laughs> like what he did is a the... single run and his dad and mom bought bought all of them. them. And they have some sort of a storage unit with lactose and he's just yep. putting them in plastic containers to keep them fresh. Yep. And cause God forbid mm-hmm. they run out and they on principle alone <laughs> eat lactose every single week. Yep. To support the son. It's a good dad. And then he turns to him, his dad turns to Sean and says, I'm proud of you. Oh my God. I know. I'm melting now. (laughs) Ah. See, this is the anti-Edward Porter. He really is. And too, like, the the bit about the lactose well i guess somehow he has to be getting these lactose so i obviously sean must know that he's like given his parents a truck full of lactose at some point (laughs) but it it's a thing that he's able to say to his son that's kind of like an unobserved moment of support like no 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 you're awesome i have a lot of evidence for it i'm ingesting it daily And it's ah, yeah. so yeah. sweet. So sweet. And then they both find that they have had the same idea for suck my pens. <laughs> they sure have. Yep. Daughter son um, operation. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So did I say uh, father son or did I say daughter son? I think you said daughter son, but I rolled with it and we all yeah. rolled with it. We were prepared to roll with it. So you <laughs> called yourself out. So I did. That's fine. I meant father son. Consider us corrected. <laughs> <laughs> if there are any daughters and sons or fathers and sons out there, come try out for Caribbean Rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> The best band you'll never be in. Or here. Yeah. Ever. Um, 
so yeah, they have the same flavored pen cap idea. And then they have that like button on the end of the scene where it's like, oh, but it was my idea first. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems to me that underneath the buttons they push in this relationship, there is quite a lot of love. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, it's, he's grown up in a supportive family and it's probably one of the reasons he can deal with Megan who is so <laughs> broken in so many ways. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good I mean, on him. Uh, like, you know, in, in episode one where we, we kind of bickered over what, what it meant when Felicity and her father at the end of the episode said, I love, they exchanged, I love you. And then he gets on the elevator and he leaves. Mm. Just, underneath that relationship the underneath like the scratch the surface and what's under the surface does not feel like this to me in their relationship you know this you scratch the surface of this they're gonna bicker they're always gonna have fights they're always gonna push each other's buttons but underneath it is this which feels like it it literally made me melt fish (laughs) i am a melted puddle (laughs) with only lips talking into a microphone (laughs) i can confirm and those lips are currently clamped around a blue highlighter pen cap it's like a weird peewee's playhouse kind of thing almost dolly-esque podcasting yeah Yeah. um you'd think there'd be vocal cords attached to it but no they're melted Mm -hmm. so i don't know yeah Puddle Melissa and I will continue with the podcast, but she will continue to be a puddle. What percentage of this podcast do you think was us saying inane, ridiculous things? More than usual, right? I would say at least 65 to 70%. We have almost not talked about the show. Um, Or have we? Have we just talked about it? through the lens of our own twisted psyche we're doing it like noel would do it it's like yes yes like it's like a that motorcycle rider who jumped buses um yeah evil evil that's it he's dead is he i think he died doing didn't he die doing a stunt i don't know i think he's dead i think his son's doing it now but yes right Just another tangent. I could be wrong, though. Maybe RIP. If you are listening and you are alive, do we have an offer for you? Mr. Knievel Romboid. (laughs) (laughs) Caribbean Romboid would love to have a father and son kazoo duo. Absolutely. We, um, I was supposed to keep us on track. Today, yeah you were but i have not slept this is your that this, this is, is my fault <laughs> this is your fault <laughs> i take ownership of that okay i am sorry everybody yeah um but great ideas have come from this and sometimes those need a little bit of room to be explored they need to marinate a little bit mm-hmm. that's what we've been doing so mm-hmm. let's go back to the episode so speaking of felicity and her dad she is trying to leave a message for her dad because she's She's just, 
she is realizing she can't hack it and $75 worth of loan and no scholarship isn't going to pay for college. So she's, she's having this moment where she's like, I'm going to have to follow my dad. I'm going to have to ask him for help, even though I don't want to. And then she gets interrupted in the middle of her message before she gets her point across by Javier, who is walking on a cloud. Mm -hmm. He got a part in the chorus. Yes, he did. For Don Quixote. Because no one else auditioned. Yeah. And so this this message must have been a funny one to hear because you could probably clearly hear Javier's enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so she hears Javier make this great announcement and then the message still being left gets back on the phone and is like, ah, uh, never mind, dad. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to see her go back to her apartment. She's looking for a picture for a scholarship application. Mm-hmm. which Ben is going to notice he, he he shows up and he's like what what scholarship application needs a photo <laughs> she's like nothing I'll tell you about it later <laughs> tell you if it works out and mm-hmm. here the lighting and the music got super dramatic and I was like why it's so not necessary for this scene she's just doing an application <laughs> <laughs> yeah so well well first he's gonna say do you want to go see that movie you know say anything mm-hmm. i gave her my heart she gave me a pen yeah um anyway so was it flavored was there flavored it wasn't pen? but that would elevate say anything that that was his mistake that was his mistake that was probably the mistake yeah so they're gonna kiss and if we remember correctly kissing makes Felicity feel guilty mm-hmm. um so now we're going to get to that music and that montage where everybody seems to be good now Sean's getting this furniture back Elena's putting the shirt away Felicity's doing her application Ben did the next lab I assume it's the next lab well Javier's in the chorus Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all of that is great up They're until done. the end. Yeah. So we're going to go to the loft where we're going to have a Megan and Noel conversation. We don't get a lot of those, but they're always kind of interesting when they happen. So, uh, Noel is in the loft and Megan's going to see him and say that her dad has threatened to disown her. If she doesn't get an annulment. Which I don't think is possible. If they have slept together post marriage. And I guess you can, I guess she could try saying that, you know, he's impotent. But he'd a bunch of reasons on the list of potential reasons to get an annulment, and only one of them was impotence. Uh, yeah, but others are like, I was falsely tricked into marriage. Like an annulment has, like, because you can just get a divorce, but an annulment, like, there has like to be like, happened. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, anyway, Megan's dad is threatening her, and. Mm-hmm there's pressure to not be married to Sean anymore, but she's like, don't tell Sean. 
Yeah. And Joel's like, sure. So I'm getting really good at not telling people bad things. <laughs> and then Sean's going to show up and he kicks Noel out of room. He's like, I want to talk to my wife. Okay. And he gives Megan a ring. Yeah. And she accepts. It's a cubic zirconia, but he'll get her a real one when he has the money, but she loves it. I mean, she was okay with what didn't he give her like a ring pop or something before or some he gave her something uh i don't know that he gave her anything when he really are you thinking of another show maybe like a pretty maybe little liar cigar wrapper of... maybe i'm thinking about the eyeball that was a Eye... ring but that was eyeball not a ring, ring. He gave her yeah. yeah he gave her a charm skull charm for like oh yeah 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 at, yeah at javier's wedding um mm -hmm. so there's that mm -hmm. but i really don't know that we're gonna see much more about the whole dad disowning her conversation i don't know if that's oh. a thing anymore after this see that would have been an interesting plot I know I can't it's so I'm frustrated I don't want to say it for sure but I have no recollection of that storyline like I feel all. like that would be a huge thing for this season what if is? she now also doesn't have money mm -hmm. yeah sure we <laughs> are coming up with all kinds of stories <laughs> we wanted to see in season four okay. and that may or may not stack up better than the stories they actually gave us in season four we will we will find out what we thought about it as we rate them and as our listeners share their thoughts as well but fish mm -hmm. do we have anybody who's the worst here we have two people who are oh the my worst. god well then we need to hear about this fish let's go into the you're the worst segment yes so two people, I'm going to start it out with Sean. Sean, you are one of the worst. You are so hard on your dad for what? Wearing a suit, trying to look good, pitching ideas that, you know, Megan's dad might be into. I don't know. It's the same thing you're doing. We've already pointed out and think that you have realized that these are just things that you don't like in yourself. So I'm glad that you figured this out. But you are also lying to poor Sharon, who's just trying to keep the co-op running, and your roommates, who are all going to be homeless, along with you, if you can't pay the bills. You try to take advantage of Noel. I mean, he does say no because he has a brain, but you tried. And you're also not telling Megan about any of these financial hardships. She's your wife. She has money for now. Maybe this could be a good thing. She could buy the apartment or something like that. Um, but you're gonna have to get in there quick. I think there's, you know, the saving grace is that you realized it and you apologize to your dad, 
but less so with everyone else, still with all of the lying. And the second person that I have to call out is Vampire Walter. Because who threatens to disown their own child if they don't annul their marriage? Vampire Walter does. And also for drinking people's blood, because that is not cool. So there you go. Sean and Vampire Walter, you're the worst. Fish. I don't see why you did that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think they were both very worthy of a you're the worst classification. So Sean and Vampire Walter, Mm -hmm. you're the worst. Very good. If you don't know what we're talking about with Vampire Walter, (laughs) you just want to go back and listen to whatever episode that was. Season season one. Something of it was one of the ones about Megan's box. So true. Okay, so uh, that's our You're the Worst segment for today. But Fish, mm-hmm. it's time for our favorite segment. Yay. After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. Yep, that's where we hear from our listeners. And this one, we've got one comment today that feels like the right time to bring this in, not only because of the road we've traveled but you know i don't know just priming us for what we're setting up for as well um so from our friend at galinsky underscore from her noel treatise oh she says i al- i also think that felicity and ben are always heavy Most of that stems from the soapy nature of the plot in season three and four, but there is still this sense that when they're together, they're rarely having fun. I think Felicity pushes Ben to be a better person, but I'm not sure that Ben does that for Felicity. In fact, I think Noel might be that for Felicity, but in a less heavy way. The lightness to Felicity and Noel might be because of their shared interest in art and their ease of communication. Felicity has always just been able to talk to him. Fish, from what you've seen so far, what, what is that, you know, what are you thinking when you hear that comment? Um, I mean, I agree that the plot lines with Ben and Felicity are more intense. I also think that they have a lot more passion to them than the relationship with Noel, which is, you know, on the lighter side, he's thirsty a lot of the time. Um, So I don't necessarily think that that would make me rule just in Noel's favor for that. I think, I don't know. I feel like they need more of a spark now. I mean, there's definitely more of a spark between Ben and Felicity. Um, But I, you know, they do. They go through some really heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true. And I think we're going to, I don't know if what we're going to see for the rest of this season, like if furthers Galena's comment or not. Um, 
I think maybe more so on the Ben and Felicity side than on her comments about Noel, but I guess we'll see. I think it's a good thing to mention now to set us up for where we're headed because we definitely have some, some Ben and Felicity stuff that's like continues to be heavy. Um, and with Noel, I'm not sure. Not sure how we would classify the stuff with Noel. So he's definitely a very, I think positive supportive force in her life. Um, she maybe not so much for him, you know, she hurts him a lot. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's just out there living her life and being Felicity and asking for stuff and Noel's given it. Apparently. It's basically been how it's been since the beginning. I think, I don't know if it's something about the dynamic of him being her RA when they started and like he was a person she was supposed to go to for help. Um, you know, it seems like yeah. that that tendency never got undone. Yeah. Plus, you know, we've had the whole conversation about how Ben has always kind of helped his mom and has the hero complex, but it doesn't necessarily show up for Felicity that often. Uh Um, And so him like not identifying Felicity with his mom uh, and and sort of forging a new pattern with her and having her be someone he can rely on, um, Mm -hmm. I think supports Walensky's theory. seeing what he actually does for her i think maybe other than i mean he has the he has these moments right Mm -hmm. where he's very supportive it's just i feel like the writers do it to highlight when felicity messes up so Mm -hmm. it's like she can't enjoy them and they're still heavy even though he's being really supportive and he does have you know, his various speeches and um, he did help with the professor. And I I also think, I hope this continues to be true during this next season. You know, as he moves into the medical profession, I would hope that he is not judgmental of her and you know, her finding herself and finding the right career path and being in the arts, if that's what she's going to do. So I think kind of having that just acceptance of her um, and if they're going to stay together, because I just can't imagine it's not going to come out about Noel, he's going to have to do some work. Like Ben's going to have to do some work forgiving Felicity. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you raised some interesting points and I'm just nodding my head in all directions, just not to (laughs) confirm anything. Um, I'm just waiting for like the Felicity's pregnant scare, right? Like, I feel like that has to happen at some point. mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And then it's like, is it Noel's or is it Ben's? And does it come out? I don't know. Okay. I just figure that's a 
typical plot thing that people do? Well considered. Uh, put a pin in that for a moment. So let's just take a moment here to rate the episode ourselves, shall we? Um, Fish, did you want to jump in there first for that? Uh, sure. So I I like this so much better than the last episode. Okay, <laughs> I will say that. Um, all of the like music and lighting and setting wasn't so like over the top. Um, I like that Javier's back in there and actually making jokes instead of just running around and being frustrated. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really liking the fact that I thought they were setting up a whole thing with Megan and, and her parents. Um, but you know, I do really like the, the Megan and Sean relationship and how it's developing. And I don't know. I just, I, I feel like there's, there was a lot in here. Um, you know, there's always extra points for Christopher Gorham. And I mean, I think it was a, I think it was a solid episode. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to pretty much rate this the same as I did the first, which I believe was a 7.5. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give this one 7.5 loves. Okay. All right. Awesome. So I have rated this one in the unit of screwless chairs. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense to me. Makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. I'm giving this one a seven out of 10. It was an episode with highs and lows. Uh, for me, there are things that bump it up and there are some things that kind of bog it down for me. So like, I think this is an episode that has a whole lot of uh, infractions around, oh, this is important to this character. Great thing we've never heard about it before. Or um, oh, this seems like an important story. Can't wait to hear more. Oh, we never will again. Um, so I feel like this is uh, one of the many episodes that falls prey to opening up stories weirdly or like unexpectedly or that they don't plan to see through. And to me, that's sloppy. But there are also some real highlights for me, not the least of which was my note from an optimist with Ben's dad, uh, Sean's dad, um, sharing that he eats lactose every week to support his son. Um, that, I mean, alone bumps this thing up like at least half a point, right? Uh, I also really enjoyed, and this is a weird small thing to be really excited about, but I love that the, in the beginning, when Ben knocks on Felicity's door, he just we see that Scott Speedman head shake, <laughs> that sort of intense "What are we doing here?" head shake, and um, I I really enjoyed just little moments like that. I enjoy that Javier's description of the Bermuda Triangle led to so much glee for us <laughs> throughout this episode. So there's there's some cool stuff that happens here. I love that they've started a couple different pairings of characters down a path here, like Elena and Ben and Sean and Noel. 
we haven't really seen those characters do much together before, but they're now making it a thing that they can do more with. And I like that the show is able to do that in the fourth season. So there's lots of cool stuff there. There's a couple things I don't love. Seven out of 10 screwless chairs. But we want to hear your feedback listeners. Send us, send us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Send us your Felicity fan art or consider letting us know if you want to be part of Caribbean rhomboid. All you have to do is email us at the Melissa fish at gmail.com. It's Melissa with one L two S's Melissa fish at gmail.com. You can also be part of the conversation. Lots of cool people who are fans of the show. Felicity are talking with us on our Instagram at Felicity podcast. Plus, if you'd like to know when we drop new episodes of our podcast, sign up for our newsletter. You can do that. And all you have to do is check out wherever you're listening to this podcast. Check the show notes. That's where the link is. And while you're in there, go ahead and rate and review us. It just helps other people who love the show Felicity to find new Felicity podcast content. Now, Fish, I asked you to put a pin, I asked you to put a pin in something earlier. And I ask you to take it out now. The next episode title is Misconception. Oh, what no. do you think the next episode <laughs> is about? Uh, Your okay. reaction is also mine. Go ahead. What do you think <laughs> is going to happen in the next episode? Uh, I guess it's two things. Um, so maybe the pregnancy scare with Felicity will come to be and she won't know whether it's Knowles or Ben's. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. All right. That happened sooner than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's also like a miscongeniality. So I feel like the beauty pageant moves forward. Um, Correct and correct. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. All right. Talk about a title of an episode telling you what the episode's about. You know? Yeah. I, hmm. Okay. Well, looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, I Uh, guess everything's going to have to come out. I guess. It's going to come out eventually. No, I don't know if that's when it comes out. Um, that I mean, might be conflating more than one thing. Tell. Yeah, I mean, I assume she's got to tell someone, so it's probably going to be Elena. So, like, more people are going to know. Uh, well, we so will now... see how it plays out in Misconception. Yes. Yeah. So we've got, at this moment, Richard knows, Javier knows. This feels like it's not going to stay a secret. And then if she has a pregnancy scare and she's telling Elena, I mean, I just feel like, I guess she could tell Megan, but oh, no, Elena, it's got to be Elena. Um, well, I oh. do like that, even though you've correctly identified some of the things that are happening here, it's still giving you all this room to theorize over what will happen within that. So that's that feels good. It, it feels like we haven't like pigeonholed you into a, okay, well, I already know what's going to happen in the next episode sort of mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? 
maybe she'll call Ruby and Ruby will bring her baby back and help Felicity get through this. <laughs> and this the talent scare. portion of the pageant will be Felicity and Ruby's baby Eva doing like a synchronized dance routine. No, 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 no Or no. like ninja kicks. No, mm-mm. Or it is definitely Ruby's baby on Calypso and Felicity playing the non-kazoo kazoo. And then Eva turns off the lights in the entire venue. Yes. And nobody knows how to turn it back on. Yeah, it has to, they just have to, show must go on. It will end up being acoustic Mm -hmm. because, you know, electric Calypso (laughs) (laughs) is so necessary. Yeah, yeah, electric is kazoo. <laughs> yeah, the electric, electric drums. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. see your point. Mm-hmm. And my vocal kazoo. Well, that that's what Felicity is going to be doing. Oh. There, will, there will be no actual kazoos on stage in yeah. my prediction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's it, folks. That's what we're looking forward to in the next episode. <laughs> uh, good guesses. All good guesses. Wellfish, is there anything we missed in this one, the Your Money or Your Wife episode? Yeah, I just want to clarify it is uh, 2023. And so while we are currently accepting applications for Caribbean Rhomboid, um, if it's, you know, 2063 and you're still listening to this, um we may be dead and you will not be able to join the band and also so. if it's 2063 don't try to sign up for our mail <laughs> <laughs> and all those instructions i've been giving you every single week on signing up for your newsletter you're never gonna get one <laughs> Yeah. So we will, but we'll be accepting applications for now. Um, Mm -hmm. You do have to include a picture and uh, And a picture of your kazoo. (laughs) No, no, no. Just a picture of your kazoo. Not of you. We only want stylish kazoos. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bonus points if they have babies hanging from them, (laughs) like Megan's earrings. Yeah. Any dead baby reference on the kazoo will be greatly appreciated. We've given you a lot of fodder, okay? We've we got days worth of podcasts for you to listen to. To yeah. If you can wrap them in funeral bration posters, that's great. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Um, Fish, I have really been remiss in my duty of <laughs> keeping <laughs> us on so track. So <laughs> until next time, Fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.